sir. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the California Penal League podcast. We are back. Uh, We took a little hiatus with our previous episode to bring you the all-time Indians lineups. Uh, You guys don't know that, but that's what I scheduled. So we have thrown that one in there. So hopefully you liked it. If you are an avid listener, please roast us on social media if you did not agree with us. We recorded it before the season started. So we said some nice things about players that, you know, I don't know if we would have said post certain trades and all that good stuff. So you'll get it when you listen. Anyway, I'm Steve. With me, as always, is Chris and Fabs. (laughs) Somebody (laughs) listening to that for the first time is like, what the hell is he talking about? You'll get it later. I don't even remember if recording still, that episode. I think I, I blacked no, out. I looked at the I looked at the audio. It was from March first. So, oh my god. Oh wow. <laughs> we, I think, we were living in a different world back then. Was that pre? No, that would have been post Lindor trade, right? That was post trade. Post trade, yeah. But we still were talking fondly of him. I got you. Okay. Yes, that was before he went on his weird media tour. Just like yes, I was asleep during the season and the. World Series, and I hate drogies. Didn't take things seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Never worked out. Don't worry. We have the best pitching rotation. It's going to stay healthy all year. No issues there. Right. Right. All those things. Yeah. Okay, good. So, you know, it'll be painful, but there is a lot of good uh, content in that episode. So please check it out. Also, right before, this will tell you the state of things with our uh, beloved uh, Cleveland Indians, who's disclaimer we are going to probably use that name until it's officially guardians just because it's easier that way so it's uh the time is winding down on the final season of the cleveland indians and just to give you a sense of how things are going before we started recording we were talking about brown's training camp so that's and and the cool new brown's orange jerseys so yes that's where our heads are currently at when it comes to at least the on-field performance of the team. Fabs even brought up the fact that he has to wake up early tomorrow to watch the uh, first Cavs Summer League game. Yeah, Ooh. Evan Mobley got our front court of the future. We got Jared Allen signed for a five-year extension. And Evan, like, I'm legitimately excited about our bigs for the, like, real quick. A quick, I'll do 30 seconds of Cavs talk. Cavs like, talk. Jacked. Our our bigs are going to be like really fun. Evan Mobley is going to be so good. I can't believe I'm really glad he dropped to us. We'll see what happens with our. Let me guards, ask you a question. But, let me let me ask yeah. you a question because I don't, I have no idea. Does Evan Mobley like shoot the three? Yeah, he, he is can range. space it. Okay, because then because then that way you're not mucking up the. Yeah, like, he can space hoop, it, and he know? he is pretty good. I would say he's like really good, 18 feet and in. I think he's developing a three like pretty pretty well he also has really good ball handling skills and can guard like really like pretty locked down the three through five which makes him like super versatile so when everyone he, was like why are we we already have jared allen like why do we need, it's like he can play the three the four or the five yeah was he a uh, like six eleven or something like that or, or is he no small? he's seven yeah. foot oh, he's, oh, he's like, seven, he's foot? seven foot. foot yeah yes. we'll have two and jared allen's like six eleven yeah but with the fro, he's like seven three. Yeah, he's like seven <laughs> right. three with the fro. <laughs> what's that? Oh, yeah, what's man. that line from Fletch? He's six, like eight, 
but the Afro makes them like six ten or something like that. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> good, well, good, good, good Fletch reference. I was gonna say, damn, nice Fletch. Like pulling that out from the seventies. Hey man, <laughs> if you can't pull out a Fletch reference from time to time, a what are you doing with your life? Because you always have to have one on the in the back pocket. And B, you know, you just never know when you come it comes up naturally in conversation as it did now. I do think our audience Which, is definitely probably in on like Fletch. I'm sure they are. Uh, yeah, I would assume if so. If we can stay on the Cavs talk, if we can stay on the Cavs talk for Dr. just one more second. Dr. Rosenpenis. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's what we yeah. always talk, we always do the my family and I we always talk about the different uh, random names that he uses and my dad and I always go yes. with uh, Dr. Rosenpenis. So <laughs> <laughs> as you should uh, very good yeah I did not know we would be talking about Fletch that's interesting my own little Cavs nugget is uh, Kevin Jelly I am really looking forward to him in the summer league he is the nephew of Dikembe Mutombo that's and, amazing uh, <laughs> that's really the only reason I'm excited that's this is amazing some, this is some incredible I I Cavs also talk, may I, say. I may have also spent five minutes on uh, basketball reference in the last five games of the season. He actually put together some nice uh, mm. minutes. So as a rotational big, I like him. I will tell you too. I know this is like it's probably not going to even like work out, but I'm like a little emotional and happy that Carmelo and LeBron are finally playing together. I am so I'm excited. About excited. It. I, I love I, it. that. Team I love is- it. It's a decade too late. That team totally. will be dead by March, but like I can't wait <laughs> yeah. for that team. Russell Westbrook, Carmelo, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and, and, and you know Gasol, that you, like you know that oh my the moment God. Kevin Love gets cut, he's heading there to team back oh, up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for, for a minimum. Yeah, that'll yeah, be when they're desperate. Kevin Love. That'll be yeah. when they're desperate. When like half, yeah. you know, there's nobody left, and yeah, like, when Anthony Davis is injured and Russell Westbrook is just throwing up clinkers. In like the fourth quarter in a one possession game, and LeBron just staring at him and not even running back on defense. Like I that's when super, that's when Kevin Love gets bought out. Fabs, yeah. I haven't told you this, but I when that Westbrook trade went down, I got super jealous of you because I was like, "Darn, Fabs can just you know on a Tuesday night mm-hmm. roll down to Staples and catch that team." Yeah, no, like I legitimately would go to a Lakers game probably a couple this season. I'll wait. I might, I'll probably wait till the Cavs come to town because uh, those will be. Oh like, yeah, pretty get those cheap get those seats dirt cheap. Yeah, <laughs> get those. Oh, isn't Dwight Howard seats. back too? Dwight Howard's back also. Yes. Yeah. This reminds me of like the Kobe years when he brought when the geriatric oh, crew with him when it was Gary Payton and Carl Malone. Yeah. Yes. I was just and like to Steve say. Nash, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it definitely has those vibes to it. But this was like the 2008 like all star team. It's amazing. Oh, dude, you know, eight years ago, we would have been like going nuts. This is unfair. Eight, this yeah, is eight to greatest, ten years ago, yeah, they'd be like, holy it, shit, it, this team's the greatest team ever assembled. Games. Yes, yeah, that's the, the Avengers of 2010. I do uh, think they can make the finals. Like, I think that I think this Lakers team, if they stay healthy, which is obviously like, yes. the biggest if, no ever, doubt. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I think they can they can make the final. Like I'm rooting for them too. Like this will be the NBA is rooting for this too. Like this is Carmelo chasing his ring with his best friend. And I love like, Westbrook I, and I want so him awesome. to win a ring. I love like, if Westbrook you, if you, too. Yeah, if you told me that like I could get 
Carmelo winning a ring, Westbrook getting a ring, and LeBron getting another one all in one fell swoop. Sign me up. I'm in. Dude, and they put and the next in the finals. Kevin Love, oh my God. I do want Kevin Love to legit get bought out to just so he can go there too. Yeah, there or the Nets. Like, I want Kevin Love to be on one. I want everybody involved. Well, they have Blake in, like, Griffin. They got Blake Griffin. So oh, they do have Blake Griffin. Yeah. So he doesn't need to go to, uh, to New Jersey or Brooklyn or wherever they're playing this month. And somehow Chris Paul got a four-year max deal. Or, like, close to max deal. I don't even <laughs> yes. know how that happened. Like I don't know. I, I don't understand mil. any of that. It's like within four minutes of NBA free agency, everybody's been signed, and it's all for like billion a billion dollars. It's like I yeah, don't know like what's John happening. Collins went for 125 million. We were talking about him making like 10 million dollars a year, like on the Cavs, and then he's just like, never mind. Like, no, nope. 28. Doesn't that probably seal the fate of like Sexton eventually, like not being on this team, right? 100%. Because like they're going to be like, we're not hundred percent. You can't. You cannot afford that. If you're going to sign Garland. So we'll get to the Indians in a second because, you know, our playoff hopes are definitely on life support at this point. Not super exciting, but with Sexton, what's interesting, if he takes a leap, that I agree, if he doesn't take a leap this year, you can't sign him to a max because, like, even though you're going to have money that frees up when Kevin Love leaves, like, once Kevin Love's contract's up, all you really have on the books is Jared Allen. Everybody else makes under $10 million. So you have a lot of cap space. Yeah. If But if, if Sexton jumps up to like 29 points a game and is super efficient, then it's like you have to pay that. Like, And if this team's like a fringe or a playoff team, then you probably have to pay that money. But yeah, if he doesn't make a step up, I love Sexton. I wouldn't do the max deal then because – but the problem is, like, what do you do with your money? I don't even know if I'd go over 16 a year for Sexton, personally, just because of all the other money they're going to owe. But well, you figure Garland, if he takes another step forward. Yeah. yeah. Garland, but Garland, you have two more years, so you have to pay Garland. And, like, what are you going to do with the money, though? Because it's like you're not. You still need it. We still need a three. We do. But, like, if Okora takes a step, then, like, he. Yeah. Like the goal is he'll be your three. The hey man, weren't you the just saying? Like, weren't you just saying Mobley could be a three? Mobley can be a three, but like ideal, he's a four or five. Yeah, I think he could play three in, in the, small the doses. Is like, you, it's not like you're going to be able to use the you can you're going to be able to use like fifty percent of that Sexton money on a free agent because of what the bird how the bird rights work because we drafted him. We can go over the cap. Mm, we can't sign a free true. agent and go over the cap. So, like, what you're going to get, one, to come to Cleveland, you're going to have to overpay probably. And if you're going to, like, replace somebody who's averaging 20, 27 a, a, a game, like, you're not going to get that for $20 million. Like, you're going to have to pay right. You're gonna have to pay a max deal yeah. for that. So you might as well just pay your guy and get the extra year and hope he just continues to develop because – at the end of the day, your five starters are all under 24 years old or 25, which is like bonkers. Like they're right all now. three. Yeah. They're all three years away at the soonest from their primes. Like to put that in perspective, the basketball prime is like 26, 27, 28. Colin Sexton's four years away from being 27. So is my, <laughs> is my prediction of 24 wins this year? Garland is six on? years away. Garland is six years away from his like theoretical prime. Like that's crazy. Well, even I think like, they're going mean, to be a thirty-five win team next year. I think they'll be. I think they're going to take a nice step forward if they stay healthy. I think they're going to be like a thirty-five to thirty-seven win team. Mobley's going to be really. I think Mobley's going to win Rookie of the Year. 
here's the one thing no one or not many people like to mention. They missed the most games due to injury or second most games to injury. So many. Yeah. Team. Garland and Sexton played like Not that it would have been together. a huge astronomical leap, but. But 30 games in the season, they were the sixth seed. Like halfway into the year, they were the sixth seed. And then they had Garland out for a lot. Oh, like a very substantial amount of time. Then Sexton went out. And then they're and then at that point they're like, oh, we're just gonna sit Drummond. Like we'll make a trade with for with Drummond. <laughs> and then right. it just like backfired completely. So like I'm not saying they would have made the playoffs, but like if they bring back that the going up to 10 seeds where they have the little play in tournament, like if they stay healthy, they could legitimately make that this year. I the East is better, like the Knicks got better, the Bulls are gonna be good this year. They'll be a playoff team. That's uh, an interesting like, squad. It's a weird squad. I don't think they're like I think their their peak is like second round. Same with the Knicks, Probably. because I mean, I mean it's Chicago. The, you, you, yeah, you still got the Bucks, the Seventy Sixers, in spite of Ben Simmons, and the Nets. Like you're gonna and the Heat. The Heat got better. You're gonna have to play one of those four teams in the first round. So good luck. Yep, it'll be fun. So, it will. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for the. I will watch the Cavs next year. I will watch them solely for Mobley, but I love that we just have a. You know, five dudes under twenty-four. That's exciting, mm-hmm. and they're all like pretty yeah. good. Acora took a bunch of steps forward mm-hmm. toward the end of the season. So, we'll I mean, see. Gonna t- it, you know, it reminds me a lot of like the Suns. It's like they're going to take some serious lumps, but like if they totally develop together, that's a great. Then it, it'll comparison. be fun in a couple of years. Yeah. It'll if they manage to keep it all together, that'll be sweet. That'll be that'll be a fun team. And our new old veteran point guard was dominating. In the Olympics. Oh, yes. Rubio, baby. Yes. I love Ricky I don't Rubio. Think Rubio. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm pretty confident Rubio's not on this team by the end of next season. Whoa. Oh, no. Yeah, that dude's definitely going to get traded when Chris Paul gets injured. <laughs> yeah, there's, there is no, I don't think there's any force on this earth that would keep him on this team through the end of the next NBA season. No, you're, you're probably very accurate. <laughs> That's not happening. So. I love how like important to the NBA Ricky Rubio is too, because not for like him being one of the best players ever, but because the uh, twice Minnesota Timberwolves had a chance to draft Steph Curry, and they they drafted Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn instead, and uh, <laughs> just punted on Steph Curry. <laughs> oh my God, pain! Like literally two dudes who like do pretty similar things. Like if you're gonna draft two point guards. Get Ricky Rubio for his passing abilities, and then Steph Curry for shooting. Like it makes no, sure. like it makes no sense. Like that's why the Timberwolves are the Timberwolves. Yeah, that's why they're the Timberwolves. People shit on the Cavs all the time, but we have been so much better than the Timberwolves, the Kings, the Pistons in the last like fifteen. Like we're not the Browns of the NBA. So like I'm, and we won a yeah. championship in twenty sixteen. Yeah. So I don't really care what happens. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, this is why we're talking about the Cavs right now is uh, currently <laughs> J.C. Mejia pitched tonight against the Blue Jays and went a whopping two and a third innings, gave up eight runs, four walks, seven hits. Um, currently, this was before he really tonight. buried us today. He, uh, oh, yeah, dude. And, we, and you know, the ball. Indians, to their credit, almost came back. A lot of guys, you know, had, you know, really great nights offensively. You know, digging out of an uh, eight to nothing hole to make it eight to six before losing. But before in the seven starts before Mejia gave up the eight runs tonight, he had 
an 891 ERA. He gave up 32 runs in 32 innings, and opponents were hitting 286 off of him. I understand that he's we were out of we were talking about this, how he's out of options next year. But I would say as of now, you have to send him back down to Columbus to get his head straight. And then hope that he can come back. Like, are you really doing the guy any favors by trotting him out there every week and getting just like absolutely obliterated? It it is like it's painful. So that happened. The Indians are now seven games out of the wild card. They're 10 games out of the division. Like you said, Fabs, the playoff hopes are on life support. Dim, dim flickering of a light. I, I don't know. I mean, I think we could start to think about the season differently and just kind of treat it as a uh, a true show me uh, stretch here. Basically, we're going to get two months to let the young guys go oh, at it. That's we're going to, and we'll get into that later in the episode. But yeah, you're right. I just want to get to September, middle of September kind of eyeballing September 13th ish because that'll be the kickoff. You know, the Browns will have kicked off and there's only two weeks left in the season at that point. So as long as we can get to that point in the season, (laughs) we're playing 500 ball, you know, maybe a little bit better Uh, because things do get better after this series. I did kind of peek at the calendar. And, yeah, uh, I mean, do we only play the Pirates for three weeks? No, but we have a lot of games against the Tigers. Oh, that's dude. Oh, you mean the, the Tigers that have been like so. one of the best teams in baseball since May? One of the hottest teams since May. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you mean them? Who, who, if the Indians aren't that careful, if we lose will, too many games to them, will fall to third place. Yes, yeah. There, that, there is a very, squad. yes, there's a very realistic chance that could happen. But I think, you know, we joke about it, but I think it is like, a very exciting time still for the Indians. You had mentioned, you know, if they go 32 and 25 over those last 57, 32, 25, 57 games puts them at like an 84 win season, which like I would say, given the circumstances of this year would be honestly an incredible feat. And I think it's exciting. Like it's going to be exciting watching all of these sort of positional battles taking place in in a regular season setting this isn't like spring training it's like these are guys like ernie clement owen miller these games matter these matter these absolutely matter and like it's gonna get even crazier because like you have to assume like uh andres jimenez is getting called up at some point i would say it's very unlikely that like gabriel i heard he would have been called up before this but he couldn't get into the country right he couldn't get his visa with canada squared away yes so he's coming the scuttlebug. Well, he's coming. I would say everybody on you know Twitter and everything is all about it, but I would, I mean, personally, I think it would be shocking if Nolan Jones and Gabriel Arias came onto this team at some point in like September. I would find that to be shocking. Yeah, they're still so young. And I mean, Arias is playing pretty well, but I don't know if those guys are like, like raking to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, get them up. It's like, yeah, mm, they're still some Owen Miller batting 400 where it's like, okay, you're, you, yeah, you, there's nothing you else you can do here. So why rush it, especially when these guys lost 
that entire 2020 season. It's like just just let him finish out the minor league season. Yeah, Arias is what 21 and Jones 21 is and like AAA 22. Yeah, it's so and these guys are barely old enough to go out and get drinks after the game. The thing that I also think too is like, why are you going to muck up what you already are trying to figure out on this roster? Yeah. So you've already got to try and figure out what in the world you can do with. I was like, do you really want Nolan Jones learning a new position in the big leagues? Exactly. Yeah, he's yeah, not playing exactly. third base. Uh, no. Uh, and, uh, you know, like you said in the notes too, Chris, they're appears to be some sort of mutual interest in Jose Ramirez possibly signing some sort of extension with the team. Maybe. I don't want to dive too far ahead, but do it. jump ahead of ourselves. But from a marketing standpoint, it makes a lot of sense to keep some continuity as the internet has pointed out that script guardians does bear a strong resemblance to the script indians colors are the same we've covered this this is not news but from a marketing standpoint boy i think jose ramirez jerseys sell a little bit better than um ahmed rosario jerseys (laughs) just a tad yes (laughs) yeah and just the continuity of having a leader, someone who's been there, yeah. someone who's been in a World Series, somebody who's been in significant playoff moments, as you have a team that is shockingly young, that's yeah. as competitive as they are, you need those voices in the clubhouse. Like I know you still you have a you have Shane Bieber, but like he, you don't have a lot of old I mean and you need the position you need the position player the vet yeah. position players. You know, who's out there I mean, every game. Yes. You could, yes, who's out there every game. Yep. Who's also like a consistent MVP candidate. Like, yeah, he, it's not like he's hurt. just talking. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you're able to sign a perennial AL MVP candidate to like a team friendly deal, yeah, you're going to do that. The, the Indians, I mean, and soon to be Guardians, are not 28, idiots. 29 still. Yeah. He's, yeah, I think, he's I believe he's turned, he's got like he recently turned 29 or is 29. He'll be like 31, I think, when his deal effectively ends. I believe ends. it's 31 when the deal comes and yes. So what do you envision like a deal looking like? Like, what do you think realistically we could? Four years. Like 120. Additional? Yeah, additional. Maybe. I don't know if he's going to chase every last dollar. I can't I'd go four years like chasing every last dollar. Four years, like 25 70 a year. I'm thinking 70 total. So it's, you know, or, or so four yeah, years, 100 80, million. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would say like four years, Easy. 100 million would be a good, smart deal all around for everybody because he'd only be 35. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it doesn't bury the club, even if his last two years aren't super stellar. You're yeah, get and two, he'd be getting like he'd be getting years. a fair salary for a player of his caliber at that point of his career. Like you Correct. couldn't ask a guy to make you know a guy making twenty five million at thirty two years old is like that's elite territory. That's yes. an elite player. So yeah, I could see that. I mean, you know, the Indians will possibly be at a point where like they'll be contending with some of the young players they have. So like it makes sense. Yeah. And they but, say the payroll's going up. And I, also I, mean, don't necessar- 
I don't I don't <laughs> even think we covered this in our last episode, but they came out and said that they would love to be in the 110 to 120 range as far as a payroll. Which is which is awesome. Like that's but that, super that requires like that requires like a few things to happen first where they need two million fans, you know, attendance, you know, average a season and a new minority TV deal and a minority owner. Yeah. So there's a few check marks that need to happen first, but they fully expect to be back into that 85, 90 range here very soon. And then they said they would yeah. totally envision a day where they can get back up to 110, 120. Yep. Like, and I, and what I had read that was like next year, they're going to, you know, obviously bump it up. I would expect around 70 mil, 65 to 80 range would be like my guess. And like next year would be like an an additional transition year. And if it's a good season, they're heading in the right direction. Then that's when you get up to that. Like, okay, now we're bumping up to 90. Then that's when the TV deal, the new TV deal would start kicking in. And so, so we're probably three years out, two and a half years out from that. Yeah. But it's going to go up in the off season. So they'll probably have a, a cu- like one or two decent signings. Nothing obviously insane. They're not going to be offering a Max Scherzer, a five-year deal or anything crazy like that. Hey, it, but I was going to say it didn't work out with Eddie Rosario, but that was a perfect, right. You know, right. low it doesn't risk, mean that they can't resign reward him. move. And yeah, exactly. it doesn't preclude them from resigning him either. Cause but yeah, those are mean- the smart deals. Like I like that. You can literally field your outfield doing that. If for some reason, and I mean, the thing that's challenging, but also fun, there's going to be position battles with all these young guys for like every position, like all over the outfield. So I I don't know if we have that many holes to fill. Um, I would oh, like I think a center field's locked up, good, baby, and I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Steve is. <laughs> Steve's Steve on is a three minute count. He, he has a, gets gallon, a gallon drool cup that he's filled. Yeah. Ready. Just. Savoring. I've already emptied it twice. I, I've emptied it twice. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> he keeps dumping it on his head as if he's won the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I was so okay. So I was super. I was very jacked up at the trade deadline. I was, you know, I wouldn't. I would say that the moves that the Indians were making prior to the mile straw trade were good. I mean, fine and expected, Did you know, any like, of them really surprise you. No, the only name that we traded that was a moderate surprise to me was Luplo. And truth be told, I'm kind of glad we shipped him because he was about to come back and muddy up the waters. And he was hitting like 170, and it was like, this yeah, is the player a, that he is. It's yeah. like, okay, when he's on a heater, he can hit left handed pitching pretty well. But like we kind of know the player that he is. And if we can trade him to get, I don't know, pitching prospect, it's like, okay, let's just do it. And yeah. you know, obviously it was to my my raise, so maybe they know something we don't, but we'll see. But again, a super, super expendable. I, I he was a great guy. I liked Luplo a lot, but like yeah. you said, it's like at this point, you gotta start making some tough decisions and I would argue that that was like there's going to be some more easier that, that ones are made in the off season. Yeah, like not ever. Not all these guys are going to be here. I, you could Zimmer or Mercado are going to be packing their bags soon enough. It's just that's how it's going to be. I'm hoping it's it's Zimmer just 
based on two factors, he has like it only seems that since Mercado got called up, has he decided to start hitting? I mean, hey, the and competition. He's also maybe. Like, I mean, I'll take it. Exactly. I, I I totally think it, it's been that's what he needed. He needed that fire lit. He's also gonna be thirty years old, like or twenty nine next year. One of the two, and I was like, well, I'd rather take the kid who's three years younger, who does the same right. thing. You know, so ultimately, I think whoever whoever wins that battle, because unfortunately, I'm going to put it out there. I love the guy, but Daniel Johnson, it sure as heck seems like they have no faith in him. And he is. Yeah. I mean, he's just a a cog in the, the machine, unfortunately, and getting the Greg Allen treatment. Yeah, I hate to say it because I thought that he could have been very least a nice platoon player. But, you know, between Zimmer and Mercado, ultimately, I think that's your fourth outfielder next year at some point in time. Whether that's opening day, maybe not. But maybe by the All-Star break, my free Brian um, Reynolds campaign will have hit full force and the Pirates organization will have caught wind of it and come to their senses and traded him to us you know could you imagine an outfield that (laughs) this is all fantastical but like if an indians outfield was brian reynolds miles straw and like harold ramirez harold ramirez platooning with like mercado just like keeping the spot warm for another season for another oscar and oscar gonzalez who has been raking this season Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you imagine so, an outfield of Albert um, Bell, Kenny Lofton, Manny Ramirez? Oh my goodness, those are names <laughs> that Cause I because I, I want to drown myself when I look at our outfield for the last like decade. <laughs> hey, but you know what? But you know what, Fabs? To your point, I see some. Well, obviously, you know Manny was the best right-handed bat of that generation. So, like, I don't see that. With anybody in our system, Bell might have been right um, behind him. And Bell, yeah, yeah if he wasn't Bell, if he didn't get you hurt, you could make the argument for five years. Bell was right there behind him too. But Straw has this Kenny Lofton like. I do, I do, I do me. agree with that. The stolen bases are like super sexy. The ground he can cover, like that was a sneaky good deal. Like that I, that was I'm an really, amazing good deal. Yeah, yeah. steal like, all no of one's Steve's gonna, thunder. It's That's not fine. sexy, but like no one's obviously taught. It's, it wasn't one of the top 15 deals anyone cared to talk about because we're not contenders and it's not the biggest name or anything. Yeah. And we gave up Phil Maton. Yeah. That's going to be a deal next year that I think you're going to look back and be like, oh, damn, the Indians like did that. Like, <laughs> how did yeah. they get this guy? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. The So that's the big deal. Should that's, we start a timer for you, for you right now? Then, since you, we're you can. Talking about yeah, him? you can start the three minute timer. After my three minutes are up, Chris, I'll let you get into some of the the other deals and uh, who we got in return. But like you said, no. Indians trade gosh, Phil Maton. I want I want you to. Oh, I'm, oh, don't worry, I'm going. Uh, and Yaner Diaz, uh, a catching prospect to Houston. Uh, the Indians, believe it or not, have like a weird plethora of catching prospects in the minors, and it's getting really weird. So they have to move some of them. Bo Naylor would be your top one. And then they've got like multiple other options at the moment. So 
Yeah. So it, again, and, and a lot of people like Phil Maton. It's just that it's one of those things where it's like, if you could get your center fielder of the future, who you could, could conceivably control for the next five years, you're, you're going to do it. And Miles Straw is that guy. He's 26 years old, just started kind of getting the like normal playing time in Houston this season. What I like about him is he hits for contact. He has like one of the lowest hard hit rates in all of baseball, but he gets on base pretty well, like a 336 OBP this year. He's, as Fab said, one of the fastest guys in baseball. He has stolen 18, I believe, uh, 17, 18 total bases, right. 17 with 17, Houston, 18 bases, one with Cleveland. So dude's got a lot of speed, gets on base, you know, at a regular clip. The thing that honestly will be, I mean, I, I love him at the top of the lineup for like the next five years. I think he's just a prototypical, fantastic leadoff hitter. He's exactly what they've been missing for years and years and years, possibly since like, I mean, I don't like Grady Sizemore, I guess. Sizemore? Like, yeah, because like I never liked Lindor in the leadoff spot. I hated it. I thought that was like the worst. And I never liked Carlos Santana there either. It made some sense, wow. but it's it like a no weird sense. place to put him. And so they really haven't had a guy like this in a long, long time. And he has for a decent enough average and everything. But like defensively, he's truly one of the best players in baseball he ranks in the top 10 right now with like a six outs above average so i love the outs above average stat i think it's like my it's one of my favorite stat cast like new stats and so basically outs above average calculates like the difficulty of an out and like how far a guy has to go to get an out and like uses this formula to essentially like identify who the best defenders are and among outfielders, he's like right at number 10 right now in all of baseball with a six outs above average, which means the dude covers some ground. And like we saw it in that first game in Toronto when he literally saved the game with that sliding catch in center field when he was like going back towards the wall. Like that was exactly why they got Miles Straw because defensively the Indians are a dumpster fire. And it's why Miles Straw's on this team. It's why Ahmed Rosario's not going to be the shortstop much longer. And it's why they didn't care about trading Cesar Hernandez because he was a gold glove winner in 2020. But that seems like 20 years ago because he was not <laughs> the same guy this year. No, so, he was a plus. He was like a six outs above average guy last year. Now he's like minus six. Yes. This year. Yes. He was Cesar. actually hurting them. He was yeah. straight up hurting them defensively. And it became much more an easier thing to stomach trading him when he was, I don't know what happened to him, but yeah. Much and, and much. Let's go back to football for a second. If you don't have, you know, you want to kind of build your offensive line or defensive line. Some, you know, not as much on the defensive side, but I'm a big fan of the theory uh, from the middle out, you know, building Abs- your offensive oh, absolutely. line, much like your defense in baseball. If you don't have a good middle infield and and defense up the middle, you're screwed. Yeah, you mentioned Ahmed Rosario, his bats coming along, but boy, can he that man never turn a double play. Maybe he moves oh, over to grotesque. second base. Yeah. He had better success there last year when he was the, with the Mets. Maybe that's his home. Maybe he becomes a super utility type dude. Time will tell. Roberto Perez is still, I think, one of the best in the game. So you're you're set there. Straw, and Hedges is obviously good too. too. 
But yeah. And Hedges is phenomenal too. Yes. Hedges should have been a multiple gold glove winner in the NL, but there's a guy who actually we just saw Yadier Molina, who kind of, you know, you may play forever. A lot of, uh, that, yeah, that dude's gonna play until he's 55. I, I don't think he's human, <laughs> just personally. It was uh, Benito, Benito Santiago, didn't he? Didn't he play until he was like 44 yeah, or something like that? Like 42 or something like that. Was he, yeah. Wasn't he a catcher? I had to look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. F- that's what I'm thinking. Well, of. And, yeah. and thank you to Benito. Uh, and that's funny that you mentioned Benito because you know, if about for him, our future maybe manager would have never been traded to us. In uh, Sandy Elmer Jr. So there's that tie-in. Hey, did you know, speaking of Sandy, I didn't read this. Terry Pluto had answered it. Did you see why Sandy Elmer wasn't named the acting manager? They wanted to keep the continuity, and that's why his name's escaping me now. Our bench coach. DeMarlo Hale. DeMarlo Hale, yeah. Yes, I feel terrible not getting Um, the name So they wanted to keep... Yeah, <laughs> but it was I'm, also like the Indian bench coach. Not so I'm like, that okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't feel that know that name. It's not Charlie Manuel. It's like, all right. I only, I only have so much, I only have so much brain space. I can't remember the Indians bench coach name yeah. right off the top of my head. I can't always <laughs> keep up. And now the Browns are good. And like that never happened. So like, I have a lot of my brain. That's true. On that as well, yeah. So. I got, I got yeah. fantasy football starting to creep into my brain here a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So. Usually oh, it's like the Cavs are shit, this. the Browns are bad. And <laughs> it's like, Oh, everything. I need to know everything about the, Indi- the, the bench coach is like daughter goes to, you know, this school and her best friend is like this woman named Becky. Yeah. Right. That That's a deep <laughs> right. dive. That's a yeah. deep dive. Thank you for doing that. That research for us. Fabs. Of course. I also heard Sandy Almar last year, I think after the season say, Hey, I kind of just like being a first base coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like I'm more comfortable over there. He's like, I'm good, man. I don't need to, co- I don't need to be the manager. So to answer that long question or okay. that question in a long way, that's what so DeMarlo Hale. Okay. It'll be interesting. You know, it actually is interesting because like, I, you know, it's a name I should get to know a little more about and because we're going to have to start thinking about, you know, a post Terry Francona world. Yeah. He may be the uh, successor to Terry next year. Maybe. I think Francona probably comes back next year to break the record and maybe that's it. But yeah, I mean, and, and and you mentioned continuity. It's like, you know, the organization is going to want to keep it probably to somebody who was like close to Francona and on his staff, if at all possible. Yes. Right. I, I mean, think gonna that's why I, I definitely think that's why someone on the staff would be the likely candidate. Somebody brought up, I was driving around the other day and someone brought up Kevin cash and they were like, why would he leave Tampa? But that's a discussion for another day. I mean, it's not inconceivable because like, Tampa has to be a pretty stressful managerial position because you're doing, I would say Kevin cash actually is probably the hardest working manager in all baseball with what he has to do with that roster. So like coming to Cleveland where he's familiar and knows people and would be like in a situation where it's like a little more of like a, I would say maybe normal managerial situation where like he's with a really great organization that, 
is a little bit different. I actually could see it happening. I don't think that's that inconceivable. Like, sure. I, I can see incon- it. I mean, you're saying, so you're saying there's a chance. I am. You know, comfort level, you have more. I mean, I know we don't have a big budget to work with, but it's usually more than Tampa Bay. So yeah. that, makes, that certainly makes things easier. I mean, Terry Francona is also one of the highest paid managers in the game. So there would be an opportunity, I'm assuming, to make more money. And the Indians really aren't in the business of like making bad managerial hires and like no. dipping out. They oh, you know, uh, obviously yeah. like the Cavs. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're still we paying the Cavs track. <laughs> I think which we're still tenure? probably playing like Lenny Wilkins somehow. We're paying Paul Silas's family. Like it's just, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't Silas. stop. Um, Wasn't he the see so, you next see you next Tuesday? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Um, Paul the one Silas. thing about Kevin Cash that I did that they did follow up on the radio was and I just had to verify it. He was born and raised in Tampa. <laughs> okay. Oh, so okay. there might well, be that. Okay. Yeah, maybe. So I mean, I you don't know, know how much like, that matters to him, but you know, luckily, you know that team's only twenty five years. Luckily, old. that team's like you know like. Two years away from just moving to Montreal full time. Yeah, very yeah. cool. So okay, so that's my Miles Straw spiel. Um, obviously, a lot of people, you know, the the Twitter verse and all that kind of stuff. Everybody's like, "What the hell is this?" And it's like, "Well, guess what, man? Not everybody on this team is going to hit thirty five home runs." And you nor know, should what, they? Nor should they. So, like, how about a leadoff hitter? Wouldn't that be nice? And a guy who like won't be a, like a, a real embarrassment. Hitter, yes. Yeah, and who won't be yes. a complete embarrassment in center field? That sounds great. Like, do you understand? Like, our defense it is? is so putrid this season. Awful, awful. They, they've lost. I mean, honestly, truly, they've lost a handful of games that you could straight up just point to the defense and say, like, that's four or five wins just wiped off the books because of how bad they are defensively. That Chicago game on Friday, the. Early in the season against also Chicago, there have been many games that you can like look back and be like, that was it. So we're seven games back in the wild card. Like I know, I know the bullpen's going to blow saves, especially like a young overtaxed bullpen that we have. But even if you, you know, take three blown saves and then our horrible defense, it's probably another three games minimum. In spite of our injuries, we're right there for the wild card. That we we are two games behind the White Sox or whatever it is or or three games back in the uh, in the division like this this team has the ability it's just really shit defense has killed us all season and mm-hmm. our team can't afford that when our our we had a, a huge stint where three of our, our our three top pitchers were out for like over a month dude just imagine if the yeah. Indians had gone five and four in that nine game losing streak or four and five like it you'd be right in the hunt i mean it, it really that was yeah, what 100%. you know we talk about how you know oh a couple you know ex, you know if you go 500 each month and then you have a month where you go you know a couple games over or something like that that you know usually is like the you know one one five game winning streak can do it or whatever a nine game losing streak i mean will just slaughter you when you don't conversely have does it, it does the it works yeah, the same it way the it works the same way yeah so the same. they uh it, it is what it is you know i mean 
Indian, the Indians are in a really interesting position of like the reason that they are where they are is not because of, I would say, you know, the team being bad. Obviously, it's through like extraordinary injury uh, injuries well, to key players. Save, right? that, save that thought because I, I do want to get to some of the the pitching. Yeah, let's go. Uh, that I want to see that we we you know down the stretch, but to kind of put a bow on the uh, the trades. Obviously, you know we also traded Cesar to the White Sox, which I think the team. I think a lot of fans had the issue of trading him to the White Sox because it's in the division, and you yeah. don't trade in the division. Those, Which happens more with, than you think. Yeah, no, it really does. Except for the Tigers, we don't make trades with the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not since Rocky Calavito. Yeah, still yeah. That's probably that's why. But we got a uh, uh, a pitching prospect back in Connor Pilkington, who wasn't ranked by Major League Baseball on the White Sox top thirty, but he's got some interesting numbers, and he's a He's a big lefty pitcher, kind of projects as a middle to back end of the rotation guy. Just started for Akron tonight. We're recording this on the fourth. So, you know, but he's been he's been pitching well. The big head scratching deal of the week was Eddie Rosario to the Braves for Pablo Sandoval. Fabs has informed us he is buying us all Pablo Sandoval jerseys to wear to yep. uh, get on the Zach Meisel's. Uh, random jersey twitter um yes. you know mm-hmm. they're gonna be knockoff jerseys as they should i wouldn't expect you to spend too much money but that move freed up eddie rosario's spot and like two million it was a purely a salary dump move which 100%. is very yeah. rare in baseball you don't typically yeah. see sometimes you see like the trade for cash and that kind of thing but like it's rarely so blatantly a dump of a salary like they yeah. they saved money by taking on sandoval's contract Half and paying off that contract yeah <laughs> and then yeah. they saved like a million bucks or something like that it's incredible i, I heard two i heard they heard, <laughs> saved yeah. two million hey man you know what's funny is like that's a good move though because that's not like an insignificant amount of money for any team really so it's like why waste yeah that's- especially Especially for this team, man. Yeah. That's a decent relief pitcher addition. Yeah. You know, that's not half bad. Which I, mean, I think we'll, I think, well, we can review it, you know, as we get closer to the end of the season. But I think there's going to be a need for a veteran relief pitcher or two before next season. Um, I would agree. Or that's them, them, like, them being like, Jose, would you take that $2 million to extend for four years? <laughs> two million. <laughs> um, if that two million gets the job done, then God bless them. Could it be? Oh my God! Can we use that, that two million it? to bring Scott, Olympic hero Scott Casimir back for the redemption tour number two? Why not? Why Probably. not? Probably. It will only be thirty nine. No, I just looked up. Brand he has Peacock. developed a cutter. Let's go. Hey man, and he's and got he's the long lefty. flowing hair now. Oh, well, him that makes him years. like. That, that that shaves off at least seven years off of his like baseball. Oh, let me if you go actually. Let me ask you this: We were talking about would you take? So he's sixty two, so he's a little older, you know, right around Terry Francona. <laughs> yes, I would. If Francona retired, would you would you hire Mike Sosha, who's currently you know, the Olympic manager? Somebody brought that manager? up on the radio. 
I wouldn't that be opposed interesting. to that. Yeah. He won a World Series. He made the playoffs a bunch. The Angels were just terrible yeah. at like realizing, hey, we pitching. don't have starting pitching ever. Yeah. Could you imagine what that man could do with starting pitching? Pitching. Oh my God. It'd be wonderful. Yeah. I mean, hey, win a World Series. I, you know, apparently. Would we have to get a rally monkey? That's my we need. Some, I mean, we'll definitely be needing some flair. Yeah, we're gonna need some some like cool guardian stuff. Like, it'll be like a rally group. Rally group. You know? Yeah. Oh. Rally, there you go. Or rally or raccoon. Or rally rocket. Yeah. There you go. Ooh, I like rally rocket. That's fun. Yeah. Isn't that neat? So there's a lot of fun stuff we could do. Yeah. Do a whole thing with like Thanos, where like he snaps and then like the Indians like go into action, and different sections are different stones. Different infinity stones, they light up. Yeah. Oh my god! I am ready for like the sort of like kind of the thing that like the '90s teams used to do. Thinking of like the Cavs and stuff, you know, where oh, and a lot of videos. a lot of teams would do this, where like you do like an intro video, where like it would be like an animated intro, and like the, yeah, Indians the Chicago Bulls turn to the and it's like the Guardian like waking up on, as the statue, and it like breaks out of the statue and like walks yes. into the stadium, you know. Like yes, give me give me like an actual like animated intro like the old days. That's what I want. Give no more just like you know don't hype me up. Give me, me that of, like, give me that cool shit. That reminds me of the video that we got to see in our time at OU, where Rufus to a POD song, was just driving through <laughs> billboards, destroying <laughs> yes. them. Yeah, Rufus here comes was just the, running. Here comes the boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. that was pretty awesome. You know, let's. We just taking the man down one billboard at a time. They should have. Oh Dude. man, you know what they missed? They should have like re- like released a bobcat on the court street and just thrown like meat in the air and had it like run to the stadium <laughs> and just knock yeah. students over. Yeah, I know that was a missed opportunity. Uh, I hey, it, or like one pet- one quick aside. I, I was going to say. I lobbied when I was uh, interning with the athletic department to get a live bobcat on the sideline. And oh, that would have been great. They're really, they're it was, majestic. it was told to me that they had looked into it, but that there were a lot of issues with that. I'm sure. I'm sure we are talking with, I was uh, not the first former, former mascot led uh, OU mascot legend, Chris Slocum here. Uh, who who was Rufus? <sighs> Guys, you're gonna make me blush. I mean, Wait, we we've Rufus? got a mascot legend. Yeah, was he was Rufus, Rufus man. Number, I was Rufus on a number of occasions. Never when he rode the motorcycle. I did though. not punch Brutus. Did they oh, no. you rode the motorcycle? Punch Brutus. No, 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 no. No, but I'm sure he's a hero in the mascot community. Oh, Although yeah, I mean, it's me or the kid the who punched Brutus. Both. Are you ever, Brutus. Do you think you'll get a, ever get? Miss when's it? your eligibility for the mascot Hall of Fame? Um, <laughs> oddly enough, they have not. You have to be the veterans committee, probably I, at this point. I feel like I feel like that's more on the the mascotor, okay, to file the paperwork. You okay. know, so that's on me, and I'm not um much much You're like too humble. You know, uh, Bill Squire on Alan Cox. I'm not much into paperwork. So, gotcha. yeah, I feel yeah. like you're and, probably and, eligible, and, man. It, it's I think I have been retired together, from the game long enough to uh Yep. <laughs> Put together like a reel. highlight reel. Yeah. Yeah, right. Of him waving yeah, in the no, parade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder if that kid who was like the Rufus that punched Brutus, if he 
like Mrs. Met is like giving him dome every night because he's like, a <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, keep the head on with that. Yeah. Keep the head on. <laughs> I, Dude, I'd be curious say, to Mrs. know what this, uh, post super hot. I'm into yeah, it. And I, I'm into Red it too. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say between Mrs. Met and Mrs. Red legs, who, 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 how, quick, uh, who how, quickly prefer, some, uh, how quickly could I find some? How quickly could I find some fan erotica on a Google search of Mrs. Met? Immediately, um, immediately. I, I, I think it might be Five page one. <laughs> yeah, right. Bottom of page one. <laughs> Who are your top sexiest mascots beyond Mrs. Met? Well, Mr. Met's hot Red too. Legs. Mr. Met is sexy. Mr. Shit. Met is like hot. that's a power couple. That's like Benefer. Like that that's, is. I mean, that they're is. the they're the royal couple of. <laughs> like really I would watch, um, like I would watch beach. Like I would look at like yacht photos of Mister Met, like smacking Mrs. Met's butt too, you know, or like them making <laughs> out. <laughs> of like the yeah, like, um, Slugger, Slugger, who actually you know might have caused a yeah. rift in that relationship. Yeah, he's Slugger's he's hot. a he's a beefcake. Yep, I do um, like Slugger a lot. I like I'm gritty. Thinking, Gritty, dude. Gritty, yeah. um, gritty was Gritty's actually, you know sexual. what? He came in like a wrecking ball, like in yes. his intro. Like you, yes. you. That's that's mm-hmm. not a rookie move. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he's really good at archery, according to Twitter. I just saw that the other day. Really, Gritty is trying out his hand in different Olympic sports. It looks like, according to Philadelphia Flyers Twitter, and oh, that's uh, fine. he was pretty good at archery, um, dude. So Maybe that's the, cool. the Philly fanatic um, probably you know knows who's some weird not, shit. I was going to say, you know who's not on my top 10 list or even, you know, in a top 25 list are any of the Cavs mascots outside of Whammer. Oh, um, Whammer yeah. can get it. Sir CC can <laughs> suck it. You know, he's, he, he tries too hard. He's a try hard. I'm there, I said yeah. it. Okay. Sir CC would be the villain in a kid's animated movie about mascots. <sighs> Hundred hundred ten percent, which time. is also well, him a and super Moondog. dope premise. Yeah, and yeah. that's a super dope premise that Whammer was banished to the North Pole, and he's trying to make a triumphant return to become an NBA mascot. And like, he, uh, there's, there's like an island of misfit mascots, like the Supersonic mascots, been condemned there. Like that would be Fabs, a great movie. Fabs, <laughs> we amongst the um, the mascot community know what really happened to Whammer. Oh no! Dude, didn't the Supersonics? I can't speak the Sonics had like a Yeti to it. He was yeah, they had like a like Yeti that. mascot yeah, or Bigfoot. Yeah, 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 they had a Yeti, Squatch. and then they had those Supersonics yeah. that would do the like do those like crazy dunks with trampolines. That was a uh, the gorilla yeah. from the oh, Suns. Uh, the Suns. Oh, okay. Yeah, my last mascot that I'd have to probably put in the list too, and it's 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 a no brainer. It's a, it's a layup slider. You know why? I love Slider so much. I do like Slider a lot. I I don't get the hate for Slider. I really don't. No. I, I mean, I, is, I think he, a, is, is he a, really a cool ripoff of the Philly Fanatic? Sure. Of course Maybe. he is, but like, who cares? I think he's an improvement. Or or she. I think Slider's a little ambiguous. Like he's very well. We yeah, he's. Uh, we don't know Slider's, Slider's gender. gender fluid for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm really glad that he's, cool. he's a, a very progressive, Wahoo, like roaming around. They are a very progressive uh, mascot. Yeah, as oh, our sorry. stadium name says. 
Progressive field. That's correct. Progressive field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, Jolly B is super sexy. Jolly. Wait, who's Jolly B? Jo- the Jolly B. It's like a it's a Filipino fast food <laughs> mascot that like does quirky. Look up at when we're done. Look up Jolly B sexy birthday video, and it's like Jolly B twerking to <laughs> worth it for a kid's yes, birthday please. party. And it's, it's yes, so please. what's it's so what's good. The chain, what's the chain of uh, the gas stations in Texas with the Beaver logo? Oh, I don't know. oh, I'll get it for you. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they have like brisket stations. Hi V, right? Well, if you while you figure that out, uh, while we, I'll, I'll you know, find the, it. while the Olympics are going on in Japan, I will say that J- Japanese culture there's like a mascot for everything. Yeah. So if you really get your rocks off through mascots, <laughs> look no further. There are some incredibly weird and strangely erotic mascots floating around in Japan. Bucky's. So. Buckies. Buckies, Buckies. So we're talking the mascot for Buckies. It's I a sexy mascot. It's, it's a yeah, beaver. it's kind of it's a sexy beaver. It's it's like yeah. fill my mouth with meat, but barbecue yeah. meat. Mm. Yeah, mm. they're like the sheets of the Buc- south. Yeah, it's like Buckies. Yeah, yes, yeah, Buckies. They have a lot of stuff at those at the uh, Buckies gas stations. I'm, it's I'm like a Wawa on steroids. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Wawa. That's another good. Okay. Uh, yeah i mean you know this is one of those mascot mascot doesn't doesn't wear pants so you always know they're down um Mm -hmm. you know which is a big selling point for slider oh that's true well slider slider is an exhibitionist because slider was getting nude for the espn mm -hmm. magazine i was mm -hmm. slider went streaking after that 22nd victory (laughs) oh orbit Uh, orbit which uh, orbit is always which a streaking. Orbit, which orbit? Oh, like the new age orbit. So the Astros orbit is what you're saying. Yes. Oh, not orbit um, like a- arrows Akron, orbit. Akron no, no, arrows no. orbit. No. Which I've also dressed up as. Oh, oh, my oh my God. You should be in the Hall of Fame. I was Boo Boo Bear. I got to dress up as Boo Boo Bear at a. Uh, Jellystone Campground once. Nice. I was. It was pretty great. My grandparents owned a video store in the nineties, and I dressed up as uh, Robin and one of the Ninja Turtles at one point. So, oh, that's amazing to help promote. Who I knew that collectively we had? Who Ooh, knew yeah. that collectively we had such mascot prowess in our past? Yeah, credentials. Oh yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, we could all be. I put it, the man. sexy Jollibee video in the chat if you guys want to look at it. Okay, I'll be, I'm gonna have to look at it after because I don't want to. I want to have to be heavy breathing. Oh, like before, before we yeah. lose yeah. our our complete audience, I can't have anyone knowing. Uh, the one thing I did want to, I was gonna give them a, a million dollar deal, and they started talking about mascots for thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. The one thing I did want to say about the don't, trades, don't and I don't just disagree. Us. I disagree. Wendy's the hottest mascot, and I'm not gonna give him my money. Now. <laughs> hey. Yeah. You know what? It's fucking Grimace. This is and a they perfect... didn't mention him once. <laughs> <laughs> I would encourage those individuals who feel strongly about a certain mascot, whether they're, you know, a cartoon or, or you know, live mascot to, to hit us up on social and, you know, get us hip to some other mascots that we may have left off the list. Sexy or otherwise, um, yeah, or just weird, or just, you know, just tell us some mascots. Let's go. 
you know, just tell us an mascot. I don't know. I'm always down to find out about more yeah. mascots. But the last thought I had on the trades to kind of put a bow on it, because the well, the last trade too was Luplo that we mentioned for another uh, minor league pitcher, Peyton Battenfield. He's got some awesome numbers. Won't spend too much time on him. But by my count, these trades quote unquote freed up like four roster spots for us yep. to take looks at, you know, some of these younger guys, which end of the day, that was needed. Yeah. That's right. Everybody's thought. always That's talking it. about yeah, the, no, I mean, the old 40 right. man roster crunch. Yeah. You're right. Especially going into like an off season where we, we have a little bit of money to spend and you want to make some decisions and, you know, do the good old trade trade for some some known known uh entities because we uh we have to have to yeah we have so much talent in our minor league system and uh there just like aren't spots for everybody and i think this season has shown this team is good enough to at least be in the playoffs uh when healthy uh with a especially with a few additions so yeah i think they next year i'm hoping they definitively like go for it a bit not i'm not saying go all in and trade away everybody and spend 150 million i i would that'd be cool if they spent that but hopefully they but realistic they, yeah no yeah. make it make a trade make a mike clevenger trade type trade where you know we right. give up some prospects and the one thing i will say it has come out that we did contact pirates and and the orioles respectively on both brian reynolds and cedric mullins did we for Cedric Mullins? Really? Like those we did. Yeah. No. Like okay. we we reached out and hey, you know, Baltimore and uh, Pittsburgh are standing pat. But you know what? Doesn't mean next you year. You always listen to these. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean exactly. next year. It doesn't mean the off season at the uh, you know the winter meetings wherever it might be. You always yep. hear these general manager type guys say these discussions have been going on for the last six seven eight months so right. they gotta that start might just sometime. be the starter yeah exactly well and you get it you get a sense of where the pirates and uh, the orioles stand you know in terms of an asking price and then you you revisit it exactly you keep the negotiations more open. to look at their yeah. players that they have and they're like oh boy we are even worse well, than we thought <laughs> Well, and, and like, you know, teams like the Pirates and Orioles are going to be looking at, you know, their time frames for contending, too, and are going to say, like, look, I mean, the Pirates especially, they know that Brian Reynolds is not going to be on this team when they're contending. It, it, it's like an impossibility, or he'll be right. like 32 years the, old. Yeah, there's like a 3% chance he's on that team when they're contending. And they have so many needs elsewhere that it just doesn't make a lot of sense to be like, cool, we're going to sign him to a huge deal, potentially. Yeah, assuming that and he by becomes trading him, maybe they the get enough that prospects that the window opens up a year earlier for them. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, they're in desperate need of like everything. So everything, <laughs> everything, everything. So Brian Reynolds is, you know, he's a great player, but he's not and, and, and even Mike Trout. If you put him on the Pirates, they'd be a 70 win team. So it's like, yeah, just, uh, yeah. you know. It, it sucks. And like, obviously, you know, Indians fans have been there where it's like, these are players that you wish the team could have. But like, do you want to be mired in like garbage for 10 years or do you want to start thinking about actually contending? Because 
that's okay. kind of how you know it's the reality of it so i mean the one other thing that i wanted to mention is quickly the pitching especially Quantrill and uh, mckenzie the last month gives you mm-hmm. a lot to look forward to when you get a healthy rotation and you know those are now guys that you can kind of slot into the back of the rotation hope that they continue their development that they have you know over the last month and you know hit the ground running next year and again you know that that leaves us with a plethora of young guys that we can ship off and maybe get another bat somewhere you know we've we've just said Reynolds and Mullins maybe it's somebody else but yeah what was that uh, set you had there, Steve? Yeah, let me let me give you some juicy information about Cal Quantrill because I'm all aboard the hype train now. <laughs> My one knock on him being obviously that he still puts an absurd number of guys on base. But yeah. that being said, he's found some ways to get out of jams, which is which is nice. But he was dodging, ducking, and weaving the other night. Oh, it was beautiful. It was it was it was not exactly what you want, but you give him credit for for getting out of some of these situations. Whereas earlier in the season that might not have been the case. So in the last six starts, he has a two thirty six ERA against like five of the six teams being like quality postseason opponents. So the Astros, yeah. the A's, the Rays, the Cardinals who are in it. And then the White Sox. And in his last four starts, he's given up one runner fewer going at least five innings in every start. He has like a one, I want to say like a one, yeah, 134 ERA plus Mm. this season, which essentially means in that particular advanced stat, he's 34% better than the average like ML pitcher, which, which is like freaking great. If you're looking for a a fourth or fifth starter, yeah, yeah, as a fourth or fifth guy. Um, oh yes. The other thing that I found interesting was I started to actually dive into like his pitch usage. Um, because I was like really curious. It's like, okay, like how you know, yes, what's going on with this guy that you know allows him to kind of like turn it on like this? And so basically he has a five pitch mix, which is like, you know, great. And you know, a lot of top tier starters do. Uh when he was a reliever, he really was only using a couple pitches primarily with like a few others that he would dabble with so like basically last year the sinker and the slider were his two giant uh pitches the sinker used like 48 percent of the time and the slider he used 35 percent. he had a change up and and he used his fastball his four seamer like barely at all now what's interesting is that this season he's incorporating the curveball nearly five percent of the time when he never did it all last season and he's increased the fastball percentage by like seven percent so essentially, he's cut back on the slider by about 10%. But what's cool is that he's increased the whiff rate on that from like 25 to 33%. So like something's going on with his slider. That guy, he's using it less in a five-pitch mix, but he gets guys to swing and miss at it more. And guys are only hitting 171 against him or 173 against the slider when they hit almost 300 last year. So like what's going on here is that like, the five pitch mix has been working like beautifully. Yeah. It's a lot of numbers, but yeah, no, with regard to that slider, I thought I heard someplace that Bieber helped him tinker his slider. He's added like two miles an hour on it. 
Yeah, I thought Bieber helped him out with that during the off season. You might be right. Tinkered with it a little bit. Yeah, I can't. Re- I I could have sworn it was it was Cal that the two collaborated on on something. That's interesting. Well, it's working. I mean, I it's think sure Bieber's. Working. I think Bieber's kind of taking that Kluber, yeah, teammate uh, yeah. approach where he's like, you know, helping advise guys, you know, uh, up and down in the system, you know, with tinkering, but that that pitch i i, I soon recall hearing that. yeah it's interesting there's probably a lot of factors to that i mean it's probably the the tweaks that he made it's probably the fact that he's like mixing up his pitches more uses his fastball more throwing the curve in there keeping guys you know off kilter with with those pitches so i this might you know assuming that he kind of sticks with that and and kind of continues like getting the feel for that slider and and develops like cal Quantrill might be just like because he came over in the clevenger deal yeah. so that Clevenger deal might end up being like the most ridiculous return ever because you got, oh, yeah, you got Gabriel Arias, you got Cal Quantrill, you got Fran Mill, Fran Mill. Well, no, did he come in that? I thought he no. came in, the, he came um, in the, did he come in Bauer? No, right? He came in the Bauer deal. Yeah, he came in the Bauer deal. Yeah, because everybody was all down on the Clevenger deal. They were just like, how do we not get more for him? Let's do our due diligence here, just because I, there are so many names involved that I wanted to make sure I don't miss it all. So it was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was, it was Josh, yep. it was Austin Hedges. So it was Gabriel Arias, okay, Joey yeah, Cantillo, yeah, yeah. Austin Hedges, Owen Miller, right. Josh Naylor, and Cal Quantrill. So even if like all you got out of it was like Gabriel Gabriel Arias, who's like a top prospect in AAA, Josh Naylor and Cal Quantrill, that's three guarantees on your roster. Owen Miller yeah. is still the jury's out on him and Austin Hedges is one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. It's like unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I think you'll look back on this in like 5 years and think the the Indians just like torched the Padres in terms of the return on that deal. Well, we also got Logan Allen, Victor Nova who is a middle another another middle infielder. <laughs> And then Fran Mill, we got as well. And Fran Mill, yeah, and that Bauer deal that I love. And how we the got Padres Puig. Just got, we got Puig for it, and year. we got Puig for the yeah that rental. I just it's love a, how the Padres somehow got involved in that deal. Just like all they got was a prospect and Taylor Trammell. Like, yeah, here you go. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it is interesting because of I mean Bauer obviously has his pretty serious issues going on, and. Clevenger doesn't have those types of off the field, but he's he's been like injured. He's got play. some weird stuff the, going on though. He yeah, does. Yeah, like, there's there's some stuff with Clevenger that. So I mean, yeah, look at that. You look what yeah. you were able to get by getting rid of those two guys. Like you got rid of them at the perfect time because I think they saw you know like there is no way these two dudes who hang out all the time aren't going to have like shit hit the wall at some point. So like let's just we and like let's get what we can. I know the the Indians were like just destroyed when those two guys were were traded, also, but the Indians have a good knack for getting rid of pitchers at the exact right time. Clevenger is also going to be like thirty next year. Yeah, yeah, coming up, coming back from like Tommy John, like ever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. no, thank you. I'm good. So yeah. So all aboard Cal Quantrill hype train. Uh, I think he's. I mean, I think you've got four of your rotation spots like at this point now locked up for 2022. Well, and McKenzie, his last four starts haven't been the greatest, 
But here's the one stat. Well, two. His velocity is back up. He's being more aggressive. He has 20 strikeouts over his last four starts over 21 innings. But the better number, only six walks. Oh, baby. Yes. I do like that. That's the key for him, man. Yeah. Like, and he'll get there. Everything else. Also, he's only come. 23. Like, he's so 20, young. He just turned it's 24 so yesterday. Oh, he so just, nuts, man. Yeah. He, I mean, it's crazy. Happy birthday I'm, to you. I'm so excited for our our pitching. Like, I know they're all injured right now, but next year, man, pretty jacked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, People should I, be I don't know how you can't be. Especially, you know? yeah, you add a McKenzie who's just getting better and Cal Quantrill. That's your starting five. Oh my Christ. Like and then yeah. all the depth that we now have kind of, yes. uh, you know, sifted through that actually, you and know, our young bullpen getting another year of experience. Lumps. Like mm-hmm. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is a, there is a pitching prospect I would like to talk about, but we'll save him because I don't believe we talked about him yet. So, Ooh. so I, as you were talking about pitching, uh, pitching for next year, I was like, Oh, we could talk about this guy, but we'll save him for next week. I wanted to do, because Chris has informed me that we've already done John Kenzie Noel, but I want to do an update on him. So we're going to do our first sort of like. I don't uh, even think we did him justice because well, we covered so him earlier. He's wild. He just turned 20 years old in July. Yeah. He's in high A Lynchburg right now. His stats at Lynchburg for the season are he's hitting 397. 427 on base with nine and, and a 707 slugging with nine homers and 35 RBIs. So in high A as a 20 year old, as mostly a 19 year old for that season, he's just been obliterating pitching. And I believe, yeah. I believe recently he hit a ball further than uh, Fran Mill did that on that one day when he like knocked oh. it like onto the porch. That yeah. was a bad, so, that was Fran Mill's a bad band man for that. Yeah. Well, John Kenzie Noel sooner than we think might be here as the power hitting first baseman we've always dreamed of. The interesting thing about also, him. Also, just as one quick thing about him with the age, Steve, nearly two and a half years younger than that league mm-hmm. average. Yeah, it's Lynchburg. wild. Go on. And the thing about him that's interesting is that for being the big power hitter that he is, strikeouts aren't typically an issue with him. He's a free, he's a free swinger, they say, and he's got like a good enough eye that like he still draws walks, but like doesn't get cheated that much. And also just swings so much that like he's never even necessarily in like counts to worry about it. So we'll see, you know, how that develops. But I mean, I'll certainly take those power numbers over, you know, the strikeouts. It's like, I don't really care about that at this point. So uh, he had an ankle injury in July, so like he missed uh, a couple weeks or something like that, and he came back on July or maybe longer, but he came back on July twentieth, and since July twentieth, he's hit four seventy seven with four homers and fourteen RBIs. Like the man has nice. nothing, obviously Jesus. nothing left to prove in high it, or low A. I would assume as a twenty one year old, he'll be in double A next year. So, dear lord. John Kenzie Noel's a name people are going to get to know quickly. Yeah. I mean, if he continues it, I would say probably two years, maybe three till he's up, up with the Indians. Yeah. I think, I think three safe. I could, yeah. Because I mean, you know, if he's saying, if he's saying 400 and double A next year, we might see him in two years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and he's an, he's interesting because like he's a guy that they signed when he was 16 out of the Dominican. And I've seen like okay. multiple things like, 
it was so weird. Baseball America had him listed at like 6'3", 200. But Baseball Reference has him listed as like 6'1", 180. And I'm like, maybe that was his original like listing. I think that was like his signing height and weight. Yeah. yeah so he might be been. like 6'3", 200 right now. He's going to be like, like a monster. Like he's going to be the guy that yeah, people have like been asking for 20? in the in the he's 20. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, he's going to be like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's going to make an Aaron Judge body. Like give me that, please. He's a guy that like he is the uh, power hitter in the Indians organization that they like fans have been like saying like where the hell is this? And if he yeah. continues to develop the way that he has, I mean, he could be huge both physically and for his impact on the team. But uh, (laughs) yeah, so that's our little check-in on John Kenzie Noel. Please go watch some highlights of him. If you have the chance, he's insane. So I did um, see that home run that you mentioned. And that was, I think he hit a dead center or something. It was like unbelievable. Oscar Gonzalez hit one dead center. That was like, I mean, the fence was like marked at four ten, and he almost cleared the batter. Like it was like, three quarters up the batter's eye. So like, I mean, had that batter's eye fence not been there, I mean, 440 easy. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Um, well, I have a funny batter's eye story though. When I was a kid and I didn't know what the batter's eye was for, I was watching a Yankees game and my dad was like telling me about the history of the stadium. And I'm like, what's the like black thing? He's like, there was a fire there and they kept it like that as a memorial. To like mess with me. <laughs> so for like two years, I thought there was like this horrible fire that happened at Yankee Stadium and that they kept like, and that's why nobody sits on it because it was like a memorial to those who died. I'm going to remember <laughs> that when my kids start asking me those questions. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. I, that, that is like an, it's a very underrated parent aspect of parenting is like that you can flat out lie to your kids and just like they'll believe anything like that is totally truly an under underappreciated aspect of being a parent i love it and i love i love that your dad (laughs) see that's cool too is that your dad never was like oh no it's i'm just kidding it's like no i'm gonna let him believe that yeah he he rode with it yeah i told multiple friends about that and it's like oh my god there's a lot of how how are all these stadiums having these like memorials i don't get it right i i think eventually i was like in the dugout and my dad was like, Oh no, that was like not true. Cause I was telling more kids about that. And he's like, no, that's yeah. not true. Like, <laughs> like, you dad. need to stop. <laughs> you need to stop perpetuating this lie. Please, please don't. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. I think Fabs, you got the random Indian of the week, my friend. I do. All right. Let's buckle up. All right. So this Indian, he had a career war of 36.3. Ooh, very good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Played 77 games for the Indians. He started a World Series game for the Indians, but he lost okay. it. If it matters, it was he's a pitcher. It was a game three. So if that if that gives you anything. All right. Um he got okay. suspended for being drunk and failing to report for duty. Is it El Presidente? It's not. That's a good guess. It's not El that's, Presidente. That's where I was going. He was charged with larceny halfway through a season for stealing a ring. I feel like that just threw me off right there. Oh, I was just about um, to say. No, wait, no. I was just no. about to say Jose Mesa. <laughs> Jose Mesa. Uh, 
I think this is going to really change your perspective of things. He was the inaugural pitcher to start at the grand openings of both Fenway Park and Ebbets Field. So he was on that 1920 <laughs> Indians team. <laughs> I don't know why I would have thought. Yeah. And he, so wait, he was what? He lost game three. To, so he was the inaugural pitcher to start at the grand openings. So the first game played at Fenway, he was a starting pitcher. And the first game played at Ebbets Field, he was also the starting pitcher at in, di- in different years. So he happened to be that. Now the final okay. clue is going to definitely give it away because it's like one of the most famous stories. So do you want to guess before I give the final clue? 1920. He has over 100 career wins. He played for the Yankees prior to the Indians and the Red Sox. Uh, uh, man. No, it's not that. No, here's the final clue. I'm like, I always am like thinking of like the like the 48 and 54 pitchers. I honestly don't know too many. Yeah, you're gonna get. You're gonna get. You're both gonna get this. You're both gonna get this after this call. All right. Okay. Okay. He he was struck by lightning in his first start with the Indians and would go on to beat the Athletics. After oh, um, oh my God! I was just Chapman? Caldwell. Isn't it Caldwell? Ray Caldwell. Very Ray good Caldwell. Caldwell. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. I was. Yes. Yeah, Chapman baby. died. Yeah, Ray Chapman. I was thinking. Yeah, That's but uh, yep, Caldwell. Ray Caldwell got hit by yes. lightning and then just like finished the game. <laughs> yes, and he okay. was roommates with he was roommates with Babe Ruth. He has a bunch of fun anecdotes about him. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. I'm going to have to get these anecdotes. Yeah. And that's cool. I didn't know about the Fenway Fenway and Ebbets thing. The Fenway and Ebbets, I was like shocked at that. I was like, and so I was thinking about doing him and I was watching a game and he wasn't even like, the Indians weren't playing. It was just a random game. had nothing to do. I don't know if it was the anniversary. It might've been the anniversary because he was traded to the Indians in 1919. So he would be on their, he would win 20 games for them in that 20, 1920 season when they won the World Series against the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, so he would have been traded around August. So I'm thinking it was the anniversary because they had a, a blurb during the game about Ray Caldwell. And I was like, oh, and I put that in my memory bank. And then you guys are like, you're doing the random Indian. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, what, what else can I find out that's interesting about him? Turns out a lot. Guys, super interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Also had a bunch of legal problems, as I alluded to. But I was going to say, yeah, it's like yeah, you got that. into, yeah, yeah. But who did <laughs> back then? I guess no. That was like that. Yeah, there was nobody that didn't have legal problems, and it wasn't really anything anybody cared about. It would exactly, appear. yeah. So <laughs> baseball definitely drew some ne'er-do-wells. I mean, yes. back in those days, they had to like chase gangsters out because like they were fixing games and like like in yep. Chicago, they're Al Capone, chasing Evander Kane out of the games, dude. Didn't he say? Isn't the, his wife said that he was betting against the Sharks? To, like he was no, betting no, for no. his team to lose. Was it oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was betting apparently, and now his team teammates sucked. want him gone. Yeah, yeah, dude. Strange. I, I, I'll uh, put a spit on it in modern times. Yeah, send me send me the, some of the stuff on Ray Caldwell. I would be very interested in oh, reading yeah, about yeah. it uh, because I just finished. We'll do. We'll maybe we'll go more into this another time. But baseball book club. I just finished like the big biography of Babe Ruth 
and there's a lot of fun nice like tidbits in there that i i learned about uh about him that have you done boys of summer no uh no so that's not yet that's like a famous one about the brooklyn dodgers okay i haven't done that one really i've done like i've done like ball four and some of the other you know famous ones but not that one. I'll add it to the list. Right now I'm reading, I'll hit you guys up about this one. Uh, I'm reading a book called Swing Kings, which is about like the launch angle revolution and like how okay. the swings have evolved in Major League Baseball. It's super interesting. Also, it's great because former, oh, actually, mm, nope, this is a good random Indian I will use. So I won't be. I, okay, I think I, I know who you're. I think you might know too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause on that. I'll do the random opponent of week. the whole launch angle res- uh, revolution. Yeah, I will save it for next week. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. All right. Good. Uh, all right. So that's uh, that's our little wrap up. It was a half baseball, uh, half Cavs Browns talk, and you might hear more of that uh, through the stretch run of the season. Too bad. Hundred percent erotic mascot talk. Yeah, there will. That is going to be a staple uh, of every. And if that's any sponsor wants it. If any sponsor wants it, you can have that segment. Yeah. It's yours. It will get nastier. I can promise you. We might even give uh, Steve seven minutes in heaven on Miles Straw, too, where we just let Steve gush <laughs> over yeah, Miles please. Straw please. seven minutes. I'm so into it. I can't wait. I'm jacked. I'm pumped. All right. So uh, that's it. Uh, go get on board the Miles Straw and Cal Quantrill hype trains, everybody. That's what we're on today. So we will uh, be back next week uh, with more goodies and uh, in the meantime check us out on social at Cal Penal Pod and check you guys later Bye.